0: I'm not sure if it's streaming on any other outlets. I'm going to check right now. Uh, Captain America. You're storing Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Bernieri. And I'm
1: John Dash. And each week, we normally malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies.
0: But this week, we are doing our second episode in what we're calling Modern Classics. So, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? We are watching Captain America, in The Winter Soldier from 2014, directed by the Russo Brothers if you missed last week uh we are doing sort of our our modern classics uh i i guess you'd call it segment uh or or series series is probably a better word uh where we go and look at some of the movies from recent years and see if we think in 15 or 20 or 25 years that we're going to have the same affinity for them uh that we do for some of the classics that we grew up watching it's kind of a You know a different take on some movies that have been out in recent years and we thought we'd shake things up a little bit so uh john let's get your initial thoughts before we get into the movie uh on captain america the winter soldier before we before we watch the movie i should say
1: yeah uh, absolutely now this you know we we've picked a, a few different movies to to do this new format in and Uh, This movie is one that Anthony chose. Um, However, I can say, for the most part, I'm a big fan of the entire MCU line of movies, like uh, Up and Down, Back and Forth. You know, there are a few misfires, a few things that weren't brilliant, you know, a few things that... So the Dark World! Well, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that could be examined and, and really dug into across the the breadth of the work however um when it comes to standalone uh, movies that aren't part of a you know 23 film franchise when it's just you're looking at like one movie from just pulled watched all on its own i would say that winter soldier might be
0: the best um, i i tend to agree there yeah go ahead and then i'll i'll interject with my <laughs> full hearted agreement <laughs> Well, I, I
1: think arguments could be made across the board, obviously, and it's hard—not uh, hard, but you know—you're coming in on the second movie of a franchise, so there's not that much of an origin story, so it's hard to judge from the perspective of someone who has seen all these movies to say whether or not it could stand on its own. It, I think you need the opinion of someone who's not seen any of these movies and then just sees just this alone. What would they think? I think that'd be interesting. But as we are not interesting, we can clearly not choose the movie in front of (laughs) us. Um, (laughs) So in this regard, I just think that um, I'd say, well, we can get into Marvel movie rankings and ideas and thoughts at a a later time, but I'd definitely say um, I don't, I don't know about the whole future classic thing, but I could say in this moment, it's it's definitely a, a really great film that I think will stand up on its own.
0: I think that this certainly has a better chance of standing up as a modern classic than Joker did. Uh, hmm. This has, uh, and you can actually draw a few corollaries, at least in terms of the, the method of, of sort of, Picking a character from a franchise and saying, okay, we're going to make a movie about this character. So in DC's case, they did Joker. And in Marvel's case, they went with Captain America for this movie. Um, the reason why I think that this could hold up as its own standalone... It, let's say the MCU just didn't exist and somebody said, okay, well, we're going to make this movie. The title might be a little confusing, but the... The ability for it to stand up on its own as an independent film of the rest of the franchise, this has a better chance than most. Um, I I loved that this had less of a – and this is going back to sort of my initial viewing in the theater. I loved that it had less of a comic book feel and more of like an international spy thriller feel. Um, I I thought that that made it really unique. In and of itself, um, you didn't get a lot of that with, with a lot of the other Marvel movies. It's it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies, at least in the top three uh, of, of the, the MCU movies.
1: Yeah, I think that this time around, I'm specifically, like we were saying with this whole little mini series of casts that we're doing, I'm going to be looking to, you know, to answer the question how would this particular movie stand up after another 5, 10, 20, 30 years and and also just try my best to watch this and and try to take it in as though I'm not connecting it to any other past or future storylines just just for what it is, you know, what do I think there?
0: And and I think that you and I are going to be pleasantly surprised by that granted it's been a few years since i watched this movie i I think it's probably 2017 or 2018 was the last time that i watched it but i i think that we're gonna be in for a treat with this so what do you say we go and watch it john
1: i think that's a great
0: idea I do as well. So that's what we're going to do. Everybody, if you'd like to pause here, we're going to go and watch the movie. Uh, It's currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. If you have that, you can either watch it on Disney+, Plus, watch it from your personal library, get it from one of the various streaming rental services. And when we come back, we are talking Captain America, the Winter Soldier. John, are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Hail Hydra, everybody. We are back. Let's talk some Captain America the Winter Soldier, shall we? Did I say that right? Jesus. I think
1: all those words came together and made English proud of you with your
0: wording. Excellent. That's what I was hoping for. So normally, you're you're very upfront and honest about how you feel about a movie. I'd kind of like to do things a little bit differently and maybe talk a little bit about the plot talk a little bit about the 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 good and the bad before uh either of us really gives our uh our overall feeling about the movie itself how's that sound john
1: that sounds acceptable
0: okay Uh, do i sound
1: like a secret agent to you a little bit perfect
0: because it's not really
1: me (laughs) i just pulled off a mask it's me Whoa! I know, it's some, a lot to take in, but
0: we can move <laughs> forward. <laughs> you sounded a little bit more Bond villain than uh, Winter Soldier uh, spy movie character.
1: $1 billion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start with GSP for just a second. So, okay. George St. Pierre, Ultimate Fighter, uh, is in this movie, but it's brief. Yep, and like usually, when you have a an athlete join a cast of a movie, and they're not playing themselves, they're playing an actual character written for them in the movie. Uh, they usually have more screen time, or like a big, they're a bigger part of the plot. Like, they could have made him a Hydra agent or something. He was just, he was there and he was gone. You know what I mean?
1: That is true. I, I think that might speak to the the excitement and willingness for all sorts of people to take on any roles to be a part of this franchise, you know, like people who are, you know, athletes, people who are actors, you know, people who just were like, are you kidding? Yeah, I'd love to be a little guest part. Or, oh, I get to go toe-to-toe with Captain America? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's <laughs> let's let's plan that out. And so, yeah, it, it, does, it didn't really shock me at all. I liked it. And, I mean, I thought it's nice to have someone with that athletic ability. And I still... I, I'm still like about ninety percent sure, ninety-five percent sure that a couple of the things were just stuntmen, uh, even with him. But like, still, uh, the I, I enjoyed his his the small role he had, and I thought, you know, he played a a, a great French French henchman, Frenchman, yeah. as you would
0: Frenchman. Well, that's f- that, there's an H in there, but there's that H in Frenchman, French f- apostrophe henchman uh yeah i mean i i I could see that like for sure i just i don't know i I felt like i wanted more more of gsp in this than just what we got
1: well you you never know i mean maybe the next captain america movie will have him in it (laughs) we don't know because we're taking this movie just for what it is just it's by itself so who knows that's
0: right we sure are Uh, But you know what, for for all of the the GSP that it was lacking, it had a lot of other stuff in it, right? Like we had a really, like I I mentioned this up top, that it was sort of like an international spy thriller, but it really, really is. Like we have a lot of espionage and and double agents and gunfighting and different, you know, the, the the tactics that they're throwing out as far as how they're going to infiltrate a certain spot like the, how they're going to infiltrate the Triskelion, or how they're going to get onto the helicarriers or or whatever. Um,
1: well, yeah, let's let's just say I mean just the you brought up GSP and so well, let's just introduce the opening sequence where they are rescuing the hostages from these French pirates, <laughs> right? Um, where it's just like the, I think that scene sets the stage for the entire movie the the you know secret infiltration the you know the the crack team of commandos you know pulling off this uh you know nearly perfect synchronized uh, dark op to you know free them it was just the, the precision the way it was filmed it was it kind of it was exciting very interestingly choreographed and choreographed i meant choreographed uh and Even just... You
0: were were almost there. Almost.
1: But even just the the shield play, just the the more you get to see Captain America use his shield in more interesting ways, the better in my book. So, like, just right off the bat, you got that little touch of the superhero, but all, like, fit within, like, an enhanced uh, spy action type movie. So that was... I think that was a great beginning and kind of gave us a preview of what's to come throughout.
0: Yeah, and I I think that they... They executed that whole thing well, even more than just the, uh, you know, the the sort of battle planning and stuff like that, but the banter as well. Yeah, like you get a lot of really good banter between Steve and Natasha and like it's fun and it's witty and it's it's cool. Like you really you come out of that opening sequence like feeling like, like you're having a really good time watching this movie.
1: And it's like probably my favorite non-romance that I've seen in a long time in movies. Like I hate when there are these people who are coupled up and they have good chemistry and like they they can they can trade witticisms back and forth and they're attractive and great. And you're like, oh, boy, you know, this is going to lead to something. This is going to be they're going to they're going to hook up. And it's like, no. And but they have a great connection. And I, I love that. That type of chemistry uh, was serves the movie very well, and it's very believable. Like I just really enjoyed all of, you know their, <laughs> the the way they're so you know nonplussed, you know, and just can <laughs> at any given moment moment you get this comic relief of someone getting thrown off the top of a building and what about that one girl in accounting you know and it's like (laughs) just the the speed at which they can transition is is great you get that a little bit with hawkeye and uh black widow and other movies but we're not here to talk about other movies
0: no because this is
1: a standalone film standalone film i don't know why i went off track there please continue
0: yeah well no but the like to, to sort of build off what you said, like not only it, don't you have that sort of romantic thing, this is strictly platonic to the point where like they, they kind of emphasize that platonic relationship with like an uncomfortable moment where they're, they're, they're trying to get through the mall and, you know, not get, uh, not get caught by the strike team. And Natasha's like, oh, you have to kiss me. And so they kiss and like, it's this uncomfortable moment, and at the end of it, you don't come away thinking, oh, that's that, that's a catalyst, and that's going to become a romantic relationship or, or build some sexual tension between these two characters. No, they remain at, at the same f- level of, of professionalism and friendship sort of intertwined there without introducing that element. And I think that that's really unique, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah, I it's love it. It's really unique for for that sort of dynamic to exist between two characters that could very easily you could write them lazily, but very easily write them as like uh, a, a romantic uh, couple or or you know looking for a, a sexual relationship. You know and what I,
1: mean? yeah, and I like the fact that they're they're not going out of their way to go sorry the mission comes first babe you know it's not like this <laughs> oh yeah man it would be great if we could just make out right now but i gotta go kill some bad guys like it's not that at all it's very classy and you know well you might not know captain america's background if you this is the first movie you've ever seen him in but like there's some flashbacks there's some ideas as to who he is and and like later when she's like, "Is that the first time you've kissed anyone since 1945?" <laughs> that,
0: that exchange was so great.
1: Yeah, and but like when you get to the end and they they part ways and that the kiss on the cheek and that tender moment, it's like there's a, a just this respect and warmth and you know it's like this is just you know a really nice connection. It it it's the way it was written and acted and put in here. It was like I really I really like that quite a bit. I found it I found it to be even more believable than captain and bucky and that makes sense because bucky is you know brainwashed and doesn't know who he is and so you know if they had an instant connection and, and and chemistry in this movie that might be a bit weird given what the plot is
0: right and and i we we get some of it in the flashbacks but we don't necessarily get you're right like bucky's brainwashed so you don't have that same sort of level of of communication between those two characters but you can also sort of see going back to steve and natasha for a second that you know we, we have that that platonic relationship and then later we really get to see that he's not this robotic person either like we we get steve visits peggy carter in you know at home and he, he you could tell that he still carries this torch for her Um uh, and he, you, you sort of get a feel for it, like at the Smithsonian when he's going through the Captain America exhibit, uh, but you, you don't really, truly like understand it until he's sitting next to her bed while she's sick and all that stuff. So, yeah. So going into more of the sort of spy and and kind of deep, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, deep, deep state. No, I was. <laughs> that popped into my head after I said the word "deep," and I was like, "Nope, that's not the right thing. That's a different thing." That that's never the right about. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you get, um, especially when we get to. Uh, I'm I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Uh, Camp Lehigh, mm-hmm. where you know where Steve trained to uh, and was you know injected with the super serum to become Captain America,
1: presumably,
0: allegedly, you know, like. There's, there's, there's rumors the deep state was involved. Uh, we, we go down into the bunker and we get into that massive uh, computer room. And we. this is where we first encounter the uh, downloaded sort of uh, mental whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a really succinct and powerful way of putting that.
0: Yep, exactly. All those words that I just said are words you I could expect.
1: see the uh ai manifestation of arnie zola
0: that's where i was going Yeah, which
1: which is awesome because i think like nowadays he'd probably fit within like the size of an iphone sure but there it was just that you know those just hundreds of different tape uh reels <laughs> that were composed of those mainframe housing and it was just like no, at the time, you know, to ins- store that much data, like, yeah, that would have been amazingly advanced.
0: And, and somehow retrofitted with a USB hub. <laughs> well, I mean, I uh, think
1: USBs are pretty universal.
0: Sure, yeah, and it's in the name.
1: That's what they use uh, for.
0: But, like, we we get to see this sort of, like, this is where we get that sort of James Bond villain feel mm-hmm. that, you, you know, we would brought up before. And he's you know stalling because he knows that Hydra's launched this attack on the bunker, and he's just you know telling telling tales and whatever. But it's that that to me felt very James Bond, and I really really liked it. You
1: know what this movie was missing at this point?
0: Oh, I I, I think I know. Wait, did you not have the cut with? Because the cut that I had, because I remember from. The from Captain America: The First Avenger that Toby Jones played Doctor Zola, but with uh, in what movie? My cut...
1: Oh, is that a oh, different so... movie?
0: Oh yeah, shit, damn. Now we're we're crossing wires here.
1: See, that's why I got confused. I think because they when they made, when they made this whole package deal of connecting this to an overall universe, they had to go back and dub out certain famous actors who voiced. Uh, different characters, and it got to be a little bit confusing. I think I'm confused now. Well, no. So what I'm saying is that whoever that person you said that voices Arnie Zola on the computer, and also was in that other movie that I've never seen because I've only seen this movie, um, that I, I think that originally it? it, of course, was played by Sean Connery, and uh, they digitally erased him and put in this other actor um in order for him to
0: toby jones from tinker taylor soldier spy
1: yeah just to span a greater universe because i think sean connery was one and done at this point you know who can blame if he didn't want to play second fiddle to red skull but again that's that's a different world that we're we're living in so i just thought it was interesting i mean I, I didn't want to quote anything for sure. I, I certainly couldn't be twisted into letting you know what I heard. Um, there's no way. Come on, Anthony, ask me what I heard.
0: What did you hear, John? Because I heard something different from what you heard.
1: I I just thought it was crazy when Steve and Natasha were encountering this giant bank of computers. And they're like hitting the buttons and, you know, they get it all fired up. And the first thing you hear, maybe not the first thing, but that ringing, beautiful, clear perfect scottish voice scottish scottishish voice um you can edit out this part if you want but sure (laughs) uh shines could not shave my body my mind however a lot was worth shaving (laughs) (laughs) that that was (laughs) i mean
0: that so good. that's that's
1: <laughs> definitely simultaneously the worst and best that i've ever done at that oh man that hurt me to just experience it and i was the one saying it but uh hey our audience will love it it's the crystal clear perfect imitations that everybody keeps coming back for
0: yep <laughs> <sighs> that was a whole
1: lot of work to set that up, and I feel like I just want to sit back and have a drink, and you could do the oh, rest of the work,
0: man. Maybe you should just take a drink, take a breath, and uh, and and revel in the the artistry that you just uh, created.
1: See, I didn't anticipate the problem. Saving was gonna to be with the with that. Like I could have gone with the cut off one head, two more shall take its place, and that would be a little <laughs> bit better than shaving shaving <laughs> but you know it, it's oh, I love it fun times anyway
0: <laughs> um, the uh, the elevator fight scene mm. that yep. was that was just the right amount of time like there was part of me that said I would have loved to watch this go on, go on for another 25 or 30 seconds and that's it like there's only so much time you're gonna spend in this glass elevator, but I really felt like it was well done and and like really well executed. And ha- like the, the part where he figuratively has one arm tied behind his back, really it's magnetically attached above his head. Uh, I I thought that that was a, yeah. a nice touch. And like you're you're already fighting twelve dudes in an elevator, and now you're you know slightly hindered. Like that yeah, to I... me was really enjoyable. I love the
1: the constraints that that puts on yourself and the creativity that, you know, uh, you you have to come with the stunt crew and the choreographers and all that to make that work. And, like, you have in other properties, other, like, especially with Marvel Netflix, they are famous for a lot of the great hallway fight scenes. Oh, um, yes. I mean, other movies before that had great hallway fight scenes, but, like, that was something that was just stylistically incorporated into Daredevil and, and some other uh, of the of those properties and here it's like you're gonna get even more confined it's not even you don't even get a whole hallway to work with now you have a small room that's about what six by six at most at and, best yeah and then you're gonna cram 12 people into it 12 muscular people with electric taser batons and right and like there wasn't a second of it that like looked awkward or unbelievable um however i've seen there's a youtube channel i may or may not have referenced on here before called corridor crew and they yes you have and they they sometimes will break down special effects or stunts and and things like that and there's one of the one of the guys they have on who was a stunt double for this other movie called black panther and civil war and stuff but like i've never seen or heard of those but he was in this movie as (laughs) he was one of the extras in the elevator and they were talking about that scene and uh they shot a bunch of takes and all these things. And at one point when they're all laying on the floor at the end of the fight and stuff, he actually fell asleep. Uh, when he was in a pile <laughs> of bodies there, he like, cause of course it's all cut and edited and they were doing this longer than it seemed. But at one point after they'd been fought and fallen to the ground and he was laying on top of another guy's leg, he just fell asleep right there as they were filming. it. so the, like watching the scene and then seeing that at the end, it just made me laugh. Cause I knew that story. That kind of took me out of the moment just for a second, <laughs> but it was like,
0: <laughs> it was pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. I, I liked that a lot, actually. Um, sp- you mentioned how believable it is, and you're absolutely right. There were a couple of areas that were lacking, and it was mostly in visual effects. Uh, mm-hmm. One scene in particular that really, 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 really stood out to me mm-hmm. was uh, when... Cap and Nick Fury are going down into the the underground of the Triskelion for the first time, and we see uh, the helicarriers yeah. for the first time. And you're looking at the deck of this helicarrier, like with, you know, quinjets and stuff like that on it. And uh, you have personnel walking around on the decks of these helicarriers, but they're hella fake. And you can super, super tell. Uh, And I don't know if it's because, like, maybe I watched this the first time in 1080, and now I'm watching it in 4K, and so, like, it's that much more obvious to me. But that super, super stood out to me as, like, oh, that's totally computer-generated down to the people. Um, There were a couple of other small scenes, like, the way that they shot certain, like, chases or fights or whatever, like didn't quite look as well as good as i remembered in looking but you know i i think what they they lacked in visual effects they made up for in sort of storytelling
1: well and and they really overall i think did a super wonderful job with the, the visual effects on the whole um and I, I think there were a moment here or there and what you're describing, I know what you're talking about, but it didn't distract me or make me go, Oh, this is not good. Like I just, mm. it, it was just like, huh. it didn't even register. Um, but, yeah. And there and, were, don't get
0: me wrong. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a bad movie because you could tell that the helicarrier and the people on it were fake. Right. Uh, it's just, I'm just pointing it out. Right.
1: And and again I have to get into the hypothetical here cuz like I said, you know this is we're treating this movie on its own but there there might be other movies of even higher esteem by many within this universe that like my biggest problem with them are A bad job with the special effects we don't have to get into it in the second but we're we're still just talking about this movie so i would just say that any minor flaws that went on there did not detract from the movie whatsoever for me so it's like i could point out a thing or two like there's one particular scene where bucky's arm does like a weird glitchy thing that like looked kind of computer generated and not like the rest of the time it looked just amazing like just like a a real what you'd imagine a real mechanical by you know mechanical my
0: biomechanical
1: biomechanical yes uh arm might look like and then there's one scene where it didn't but like that did nothing to take me away from the movie so i don't want to hype on it Uh, but overall i mean high marks i I really uh, i think there are movies like red dawn where you can have (laughs) you could just have non-stop gunfights and battles that are just like ridiculously boring white noise non-stop this this must be a good action scene because there's lots of gunfire, and then you have a movie like this where it's thought out and meticulously planned, and and like people actually think at times where like there may be one point in time where you go why why aren't they trying to shoot out like at his feet if the shield's gonna block all the bullets but like but then there's other times when you have a more advanced soldier like Winter Soldier who starts to shoot and it's hitting his shield and he aims down low and hits him in the leg and it's like. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, my one little hypothetical uh, thing that I might have brought up as a minor thing, because they usually do a good job showing Steve, like, moving and, and, like, ducking and weaving with the shield, not just holding it up and running. Um, And so it's like, oh, they even kind of saw that and and dealt with it later, too. So, like, all that stuff is great.
0: So, with all that said, John, Mm. did you enjoy... Captain America colon the Winter Soldier. That I
1: don't think was ever in question. Okay, I think we good. have two, two other questions. So the answer anyway is yes, I did enjoy it.
0: As did I. But does it have what it takes to be a modern classic? And
1: I think we have to establish if we're going to try to take this in and of itself as its own standalone movie. If we If we look at it through that lens... I'd say I don't quite think so. I don't get me wrong. I, I really like the movie a lot, and within the pantheon of MCU movies, it's very high up there. Um, I haven't done a detailed ranking in quite a while, but I'd say definitely top ten out of the twenty-three. Maybe top five. We'd have to. I'd have to think. But like, in terms of just standalone, without the intro story without seeing where it goes from here, without seeing how relationships develop and what unfolds just this thing alone. It was very enjoyable. Well done. I really liked it. But if none of these other films happen and I just pick this one, you know, out of the old film vault in 30 years and I have no idea what's going on and I put it and watch it, it'd be entertaining. I like it, but I don't think it would have that like classic overall, this is a, a great action movie for, for all times.
0: And I, I think I'm, I think I somewhat agree. I think it gets really close. It, it it has sort of the the majority of the elements to be a, a kind of modern classic, however you want to quantify that. But I think you know you're what right. I, what do we
1: need? We and and this may be a tough find nowadays. We need to find someone first of all that listens to this podcast, or is a friend <laughs> yeah, of someone who someone are we going to find that? Podcast. Well there's like there's at least three of them, I think so if one of those three people or someone they know no, um if we find someone who's not seen any of the mcu movies but is willing to watch this one and tell us what they think like and it would have to you know like i know that's like there's there can't be that many people that we know or have access to who could possibly fit that bill but like I just don't think there's a way for us to really judge this because we are we can't help the bias that we have. We're,
0: we're too close to it. Yeah. Um, so then I'm going to put out the call. Uh, if you or someone you know has never seen any of the MCU movies, particularly, but watches movies, but watches movies, uh, <laughs> but uh, or particularly has not seen Captain America, the winter soldier. Uh, I I'm issuing the challenge now. Go out and watch it or have them watch it and tell us, is this a modern classic? Is this something that in 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years, we're going to look back on and say, wow, this is one of the great movies of the 20 teens. Like uh,
1: I'd even say, and to even further make that impossible choice, I'd almost say I'd want it to be someone who can enjoy uh, an action movie too. Yes, um, I think, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, my mom has never... I, I'd be willing to bet money that she's never seen a single movie from the MCU universe. But she would have no interest in them and is not into action movies, especially where guns are being shot and stuff. It just wouldn't be her thing. And so it wouldn't be a fair barometer of, you know, what what's up with that. So, so anyway, yeah, I feel like if I had to do a comparison, um, Joker that we did last week versus Captain America Winter Soldier... I'd say The Winter Soldier is way way closer to being oh, far uh, and away a contemporary classic for the ages um but in and of itself all on its own can I make that call I just I kind of lean a little towards not quite but not but I don't think there are that many people even in the future who would you know watch and rewatch just this movie but no other MCU movie so it's kind of hard to take it out of out of the loop with without considering other stories.
0: Yeah. I I think I agree with that. So yeah, like I said, if you're out there and you haven't seen this or any other MCU movies, we'll give it a watch and let us know what you think. Uh, Or if you have seen it and you think it is, or isn't, you know, a modern classic, let us know. Uh, We'll drop all that information here at the end of the episode in just a few minutes. So, We've got that out of the
1: way. So now what I have to ask, now that we've addressed this as fairly as we're able to, let's talk a little bit about this movie within the context of the MCU. Yes. So um, I haven't watched the first Captain America movie in a long time, um, relatively speaking. And I almost wanted to watch it but right before I watched this one, but then I thought, no, that would kind of undermine the whole idea of trying to watch this for its own benefit. <laughs> you know, even though I've seen it, and it's not like it would be ruining anything or spoiling anything, but still, I was like, no, I'll wait. But from my recollection, as far as origin movies go, I don't really rank the first Captain America movie that high. Like, I liked it, but it certainly is nowhere near its predecessors but i feel like maybe within the context of the whole uh, if you call it a trilogy or it's hard to refer to anything as being just its own entity because everything is interconnected um but like my if when i look back i i just think yeah it was good but i don't have like incredibly strong feelings about the first movie how did how did you feel about the first movie
0: no, I, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. I mean it's definitely not like the aforementioned you know Thor the dark world or or you know to to that degree of I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Uh, I I definitely did like it. I don't know that I have the same feelings about it that I do say this movie or or, or some of the more uh beloved entries into the MCU.
1: Yeah, so I think if you were to, Call Captain America, you know, the the first Avenger, then the Winter Soldier, then Civil War. If you were going to call that a trilogy, I would think on the whole, in terms of how movies tend to go with trilogies and the whole all movies ever, I think it's extremely solid and and really a great series of three movies where almost all the time you have, like, maybe maybe one really great movie, one kind of good movie, and one garbage movie in a trilogy. Like, that is a... and, and that's best case scenario um so like <laughs> with, I, I think with it, few
0: exceptions but yeah yeah
1: of course there's exceptions but um but yeah so I, i'd say overall it's it's solid as that trilogy within this universe but like i'm i'm shocked that if you look at these 23 or so movies and supplemental tv shows and all sorts of all this different media going on like captain america portrayed by chris evans is maybe my very favorite character of all, which I never would have predicted, even halfway through the first, you know, 10, 15 of these movies. Like, I never thought that, but the way his character develops, and just, I feel it's such an excellent ride, and you just see this this development, and it's such a real, true, heroic character, not not manufactured and like very authentic and like there, there's so much to to him and that character that like it absolutely shocks me but you know by the time you get to infinity war and Endgame game and stuff where you have a cast of 60 or so characters <laughs> any any one of which could be uh, considered essentially a main character or not too far from it that like his performance and his story arc overall is absolutely right up at the top if not number one really close
0: well and and to the credit of marvel studios like they they i think that they did a really good job of world building throughout the yeah. the 23 movies uh and and you know the additionally the tv shows that sort of developed from this idea of unifying uh an avengers team i i don't know that I would say that Chris Evans as Captain America is my favorite. He's definitely up there. Uh, I, I think that early on, Robert Downey Jr. as uh, as Iron Man was my favorite, and I sort of turned a corner, uh, sort of late on. Like once I saw uh, Thor Ragnarok, I think that I <laughs> I developed a love of uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor rather than you know especially once i knew you know robert downey jr was only going to play iron man for so much longer and and we were going to get more chris hemsworth I, i think that that i think might have had something to do with it but seeing him uh in especially in thor ragnarok with all of the the improv and the banter between him and uh and banner and him and Loki and him and uh, Valkyrie, like the whole thing I thought was just so well done. And it yeah. really developed like a, a, a deep love of that character for me. And then seeing him later in uh, Endgame and Infinity War uh, just, just made it that much stronger. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and again, if we're gonna talk about that, that's what I said was fairly standard for a trilogy to have one okay movie, one horrible movie, and one like amazing oh, movie.
0: Thor fits that bill absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like the original um, Thor is the okay movie, Dark World is garbage, and then Thor Ragnarok is peak Thor. Yeah, so
1: um, I can't, I really can't wait to see Love and Thunder whenever the world gets to a point where such a thing can actually be made, like because. <laughs> Taika Waititi is just—I absolutely love what he does—and it's just—he's fantastic. Be, seeing Natalie Portman as Thor, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm in it. i am am ready. <laughs>
0: yep, I am ready as well. So I have a couple of questions for us to sort of go out on. Yeah. The first, uh, and we we talked a little bit about it, but uh, I want to get a, a sort of solid final answer from you. What is your favorite entry into the MCU so far? Hmm.
1: As as a fan, as as just someone who has loved the journey and is a self proclaimed nerd, a comic book nerd, a movie nerd, and just someone who eats all this stuff up, the ideal person to show these to, like, and if I'm gonna cheat because I like cheating and I'm gonna say Avengers, uh, Infinity War slash Endgame, um, and I am gonna <laughs> declare them as one movie because I choose to, like that ultimately like and each is its own thing and, and separate which is amazing but like the combination of what goes on through those two movies like i was literally both laughing and crying at points throughout them i i mean i there are clips i can watch where i still to this day after many viewings that the hairs on my arm will just raise when mm-hmm. when thor or when captain america is fighting um with you know the purple guy thanos and and like he wields the hammer and like the whole thing by the way spoilers for some of the mcu um <laughs> no but like i'll put there, up a spoiler um,
0: alert at the beginning of this episode don't worry
1: yeah there there are moments the fan service i know it's fan service like i don't even roll my eyes at it i just go with it but like the intricacy of the story and where it all leads and and getting to see the seeds that were planted you know four five ten years ago all germinate and grow within the story like that is the absolute peak wonder for me that is that is it like i don't know what else will come in the future and and maybe i'll like it maybe i'll love it but i just can't even imagine a story arc with that kind of level of culmination
0: no and and i think that the the it really is sort of the pinnacle of the mcu is those two movies right like the the, the and, and Bringing everything together, like you were just talking about, that Kevin Feige has has sort of materialized into the world. Uh, it, it, I I agree. It, it is very very well done. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Well, what is your favorite? Uh, my favorite. My favorite is probably Thor Ragnarok, uh, <laughs> for for the the reasons that I mentioned before. Uh, plus Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I, 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 just, I, I, I think that it's such a, a a fun movie to watch. I think that we get to see so many cool elements of, uh, not just Thor and the Hulk, but also of Asgard, and and Hela, and the the entire, uh, the, just the entire story to me is is great. And like my probably my favorite part is like get help uh and and you know throwing loki at the the guards <laughs> that, that that to me is just well and like there, and- there, there's actually uh but before you say anything there's actually a video out there if anybody is familiar with korean drama uh there's a video out there of uh that scene that get help scene where they're on the elevator and Thor is saying, you know, we're going to do get help, but it's all in Korean and then he throws Loki before Loki hits the guards. It's like the the cut to the end of the episode. There's like four people who are listening to this who are going to understand what I'm talking about, but the the the, the whole sequence doing it as a Korean drama to me was was hilarious. I thought that was one of my my favorite sort of parodies of this uh that movie. Go ahead. Well,
1: I'm glad that you have a way to enjoy elements of this beyond the movie itself that being said i was going to say that um part of what i'd say with thor ragnarok by the way way up way 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 up high on my list of favorites it's just amazing is that you actually i feel almost to fully appreciate it. have to watch both thor and thor 2 even if you don't like it to truly get The depth of the character uh, and and the humor hits harder and the relationships mean more and like all the things that get delivered in Ragnarok are set up in those first two movies, even if they're inferior on the whole. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think your pick's great and I won't mock you for it too relentlessly. (laughs) <laughs> so you're
0: right you, you you do need to watch those two movies first because especially if for no other reason to truly understand the relationship between logi and thor
1: so yes yeah, so let me ask that question i alluded to before if if you have a particular movie that i'm not just saying name one of these movies that's not great um because there's probably about four or maybe five that universally people generally kind of say, yeah, these were either not too great or kind of bad. But one that is good or one that a lot of people think is, is one of the best that you just don't really like as much or you think's overrated. What would you say?
0: It's hard to separate the two in that because like I, I don't necessarily put a lot of stock into what people say. I will say that I I had high hopes for some movies and they didn't really turn out as as well as I would have liked, um, or or I I didn't love them as much as I thought I would. Uh, Doctor Strange being one of those, <laughs> um, I, I it's a fine movie, like it's not bad, and I I don't even know that I necessarily call it overrated. It's it's might actually be underrated in some regards but it just wasn't for me uh the other one i think would be age of ultron uh avengers age of ultron to me was way overhyped and way uh you know it, it, there was this sort of build up with james spader and like i, I love james spader and i thought I, I just thought that he was poorly utilized maybe not underutilized I think- but poorly utilized
1: I think either you're misunderstanding my question or you're unable to answer my question. Either one um, of those is correct. Only because what like what you listed I feel are like two movies that like with Dr Strange, I feel people kind of go, yeah, no, it was good. like some people may like it more than others, and I if you said it was your favorite, it would shock me, but like to say, yeah, it was it was maybe well, maybe underrated. It's like that's not saying it's overrated by saying that's it's true underrated.
0: and i'll cut I'll cut out the underrated part, but
1: <laughs> oh no, and then I'll look like an idiot um and with Ultron, I think a lot of people like had high hopes and were were let down by by that as well. so like you wouldn't say like there's like. Let's just say people say the first Iron Man was, you know, one of the greatest and it's really great. And you're like, nope, I can't get along with that. I thought it was boring and uninteresting. There's not one where most people... I'm not saying you have to agree or disagree or, like, you care what people say. But just, like, if there is any movie in in the series that people seem to universally keep bringing up as one of the best that you don't agree with. I mean, it's fine if that's not the case. I just was curious. I,
0: I, I don't know... The only other one that I might no, you know, you know what? No, like there, there, there is none. I I, I think that I I think that my feelings about the majority of these movies probably align with most of the fan base of these movies.
1: Cool. No, that's, I mean, I agree. I mean, not agree, but like I have similar feelings with most of the movies, but I think for me, the one exception um, is Black Panther um so many people put that as either their absolute favorite or probably like within the top three or four i'd say and there are elements to it that i thought were great and there are definitely especially the both the the main character you know chadwick as uh t'challa and and michael b jordan as um you know what's his face killmonger Uh, yeah, Killmonger like uh, like there's some great acting and, and some great lines and stuff, but like to me there was such potential in what was going on but I got lost in I feel like well and I know they made that on an extremely extremely tight schedule um yeah, a lot of things were rushed they had a very very small window for a movie with a ton of special effects and a lot of polishing that never got to happen and so, like, well, because there were was... there
0: were movies that were shuffled around, right? And like, yeah, is that isn't that what happened? Like, movies got shuffled and it got moved up, so they had to like blow through shooting real, real quick.
1: Yeah, and like that, they they were they had to they ended up filming the end of Black Panther simultaneously with Infinity War, um, and and so. They there were scenes going on in Infinity War that they were filming with Black Panther and stuff in it before anyone even knew there were corresponding scenes or anything lined up in Black <laughs> Panther, and so, so there was that going on. But yeah, I guess the from the special effects side of things that they said that they had about roughly fourteen months worth of work they had to do in three months.
0: Holy shit, I, that, and that so, certainly yeah. explains a lot. Like there, there were, I, I will admit, that there were parts of uh of black panther from an effects perspective that i was like "Ah, that looks kind of hokey um i I thought that the story of black panther was great and i i think that the next black panther movie we're probably going to get kind of a better yeah overall story uh but i i don't know that i can necessarily agree with you on it being overrated i i I love black panther i thought that was no and that's
1: And that's and that's fine. And I think that kind of speaks to the point as well, because, again, like like most you you do kind of agree that that was really great and really high up there. And, and that's fine. I mean, on a different podcast, I would love to get deeper into why it's not just special effects. There's other things in it. But, yeah, that was just one in a in a series of, of movies that I just find most most people's opinions that are in the fan base i align fairly close but this is one where i'm like nah, i put it middle of the pack
0: well you know to each their own i suppose i have one last question for you and then i think we're good to wrap up uh so obviously this isn't our first marvel property there are movies outside of the mcu we did blade uh some months back what is your yeah. favorite overall Marvel film? It does not have to be MCU. In fact, in fact, I would challenge you to venture outside of the MCU. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll modify my question. What is your favorite non-MCU Marvel film?
1: I mean, I, I feel like you'd have to challenge me to to get outside of that, but I have a very easy question. Um I mean a very easy answer to your question, and that would be Logan. God damn it.
0: Oh, did I steal yours? You sure did. But I put three here. So uh, uh, Logan was my favorite. Number two was Blade Two. And number three wasn't actually a Marvel film, it was a sort of independent short uh, of The Punisher uh, starring Tom Jane. It was called Dirty Laundry. It was like a 10 minute short. I remember had him and yep. uh, Ron, um, Ron Perlman. That's who I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah. And he. Uh, uh, honestly that 10 minutes was better than the entire uh punisher film that we got you know 2000 what 2002 2004 whatever it was i mean
1: it's also better than the Dolph lundgren one as well oh god yes it was
0: uh Um, but maybe no warzone was still not as good anyhow did you have anything else before we wrap this
1: no i'm proud to go out on my my logan shout out
0: you son of a bitch that's By our way, show. I was,
1: oh, go ahead. Wait, wait. Before you wrap things up, I do have to say, as long as we're talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier, let me make one more point about Logan. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> Logan was a movie that I got to share with someone who is not into comic book movies, who doesn't really know much at all about the X-Men universe or Marvel or any of that. Just very, uh, on, a, on a light level, but not much at all. And, and they happened to, to just thought it was, you know, think it was a really great movie. So, like... I think that's one, not that I would call it one of our modern day classics, but it's one that I feel um, the the filmmaking and everything that goes into it is more fit to be a standalone, even though you're dealing with very well-established characters within that universe.
0: Did you show them the theatrical cut or the noir cut? Um, it was the theatrical cut, actually. Okay. Just but I'm familiar. Yeah. I, I liked the noir cut. I mean, it's just a black-and-white version, but I thought that it, yeah. was, it, it, it was a nice added element.
1: I mean, before the uh, movie came out, when they set the trailer to the Johnny Cash's version, oh, dude, of the that, that
0: like, uh that was so good. <laughs> when, when that happened, when they when that trailer came out, I was like, this has to be a good movie, or this is going to be the biggest letdown on the planet uh, in, in the history of film. Just it will be the biggest letdown. Yeah. Uh all right, everyone, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to John and me as we go through our uh modern classics. We have one more coming up for you next week. Uh we're not gonna reveal what it is just yet, but uh be on the lookout because it's gonna be uh a good one. Uh listen to us each and every week as we still another favorite from our past. We release new episodes every Monday, so come and hang out with us and tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a loved one, tell a family member. Uh, to listen to the Memory Distillery, uh, especially the film lovers out there. You know who they are. You know who your friends are who love films. So tell them to listen to us talk about the movies that we all grew up watching.
1: Hey, Anthony, you know something we didn't bring up this episode? What's that, John? Henry Jackman.
0: Do you know who that, that is? I, I don't know who Henry Jackman is.
1: He's the uh, composer for most of the score for Captain America Winter Soldier. The reason we didn't bring him up because... It just kind of was there for an excellent movie. The soundtrack (laughs) was perfectly fine, but it never stood out, and it never did anything too special. It was adequate. On the opposite side of that scale, we have a band called Semaphore, and they have a song that is just so universally loved that we get asked literally 400 times a day, who, who did the song? And what's the name of the song and can you just tell me about it one more time at the end of your podcast so yeah it's destroying the evidence uh again by Semaphore. Some something you should definitely check out and if you have other questions like that that you want to email us send that on over to the memory distillery at gmail.com uh, as well as checking out our facebook page a lot of conversations uh, do go on there or in messenger uh, or you tweet us at tmd pod uh, or that's uh, our instagram uh at as well um but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to sharing the last uh, installment at this point in time uh, of what we're doing for these quote-unquote modern classics, and we do thank you for taking the journey with us and for listening, both of those things. <laughs> I'm John Deck.
0: And I'm Anthony Veneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra.